Hi everybody and a very pleasant good morning to you wherever you may be. I'm Mr. Daniel. And this is Jen. And this is the Park Middle School Sunday School Podcast. Welcome. Well, hey hello, guys. <laughs> hello guys. <laughs> we are here with another week uh, missing you guys and waiting uh, till we can... We can't wait till we can get together and meet again, and we hope everyone had a good week. Uh, We will be with you guys on Monday night, once again as always, uh, or at least during this period, Monday night at 7 p.m., and I don't know about them, Miss Jen, but I've been enjoying the game that we've been playing afterwards, and that's been really cool to hear everyone's responses and uh, answers to the to the fun questions that we've been asking. Yep. It's also yeah. been great to have the Hennessy's with us. Yeah, that has been really nice. And and just as a forewarner, uh, if that's uh, even a word. It's uh, not, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, to forewarn you that uh, we are going to be playing a different game uh, on Zoom. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of laughing and maybe some crying uh, because of the laughter. So just be prepared. Uh, it's going to get interesting. Yep. It'll be fun, though. It'll be um, good. We've, we've, ex- uh, we've uh, ran the course and the well dry with the would you rather, so we're going to move on to something else. <laughs> but hopefully it will be good to go. But uh, we're going to go ahead and get into our lesson. Or just remember, guys, what, what we've been doing is we've transitioned from the Old Testament, like we've said. We've moved into the New We've been seeing uh, different parts of the Lord Jesus as we're getting into the Gospels. And we're seeing a new uh, story this week that's going to have us in the Gospel of John. So if you want to go ahead and get your Bibles out and turn to the Gospel of John, we're going to be in chapter 1, beginning in uh, verse 29. And we're going to be in two parts of John uh, today. We're going to be in uh, John 1, verses 29 through 34 and then we're going to jump over to John chapter 3 and we're going to be in John chapter 3 verses 25 through 36. But just like we like we've been doing, we're going to divide our lesson up into three sections. Uh, the first section is going to be uh, John 1 29 through 34. The second section is going to be John 3 25 through verse 30 and then that's all right. We are, uh, we're reporting live and that's our clock in the background. So I'm not going to stop and I'm not going to edit this. I'm going to keep talking, you know, because we're professionals <laughs> and uh, we're, we're fine. So what I was saying was that the second section was uh, verses 25 through 30. And our third section is going to be verses 31 through 36. And the theme, the whole theme of this lesson today guys is that our significance is found in understanding the significance of who Jesus is and specifically we can we're going to relate it to our character John the Baptist Mm. Um, Miss Jen is going to go ahead and pray before we get started and then we will jump into our verses for today dear Lord thank you so much for letting us have this time to be able to come together while we're apart and open your scripture, Lord, to be able to read and learn more about you, we pray that you would just open our eyes, that you would help us to see who you are and that you would just draw us so close to you, Lord. Uh, Help us to know you better so that we can um, continue to grow in our, our love for you, Lord. 
So we just pray all this in your wonderful son's name. Amen. Amen. And so go ahead and turn, guys. Like I was saying, we're going to start in John chapter 1, verse 29. But the whole theme of today is that, and Miss Jen and I were just talking just a few minutes ago, that we understand reality. We understand who we are the most when we can get a clear picture of who Jesus is. In other words, I can understand how I relate to this world best when I understand how I relate to Jesus and how he is the king of everything. And specifically, like I said, we're going to see how John the Baptist related to the Lord and how he particularly was the connecting piece that connects the Old Testament to the New Testament. Because really, he was the last Old Testament prophet who was preparing the way, getting ready for the Messiah, getting ready for the Lord Jesus. So let's jump right in. We're going to go to John chapter 1, beginning in verse 29. And Miss Jen is going to read our first section of John chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After he after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize him with water told me, the one you see the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So once again, this is John the Baptist, and it was said of John the Baptist that he was full of the Holy Spirit. Remember, Miss Jen, from his mother's womb. Right. He was... He was out in the wilderness. We had that Sunday school lesson that we were talking about John the Baptist. He's kind of a crazy looking character in a sense. He's The Lord had put him out in the wilderness. That was where he was to minister. He was baptizing people, but in his main purpose and his main mission that the Lord had placed him here for was to prepare the way mm -hmm. of the Lord. He was the one who was prophesied about all the way back to Isaiah which, remember guys, that book was written about 700 years before Jesus and John the Baptist ever came on the scene. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that we want to talk about is how, with what Miss Jen had just read, John had recognized. Remember, he was his cousin. Mm -hmm. He recognized who Jesus was, but in a very particular way that God revealed mm -hmm. it to him. He made, in what, what Ms. Jen read, he made that great statement in verse 29 where he looked and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of anyone in this world who believes in Jesus, that he is, going, that he is the way to salvation. L look at verse 30. It's, he says something that's really interesting, Ms. Jen. He says, This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Do you see anything that's, that sticks out to you, Miss Jen, that's interesting in that verse that he says? 
It ranks ahead of me. He ranks ahead of me. And he says he existed before me. He existed before me. Who was born first? Yeah, John was. John was. Mm -hmm. But here, John clearly sees that even though chronologically he was born first, that's a statement about who Jesus really is. Right. That he lived or that he is deity, that he is that he is God, and it's something that Jesus himself would claim about himself later on. Yeah. You know, kind of in the previous verse where he says, he is, here is the Lamb of God. That would have been a statement that the Jews really would have identified with, isn't it? With the sacrifices and the lambs that were brought and the different things to, to state it of this is the Lamb of God. And just putting that connection together for them, those around that would have heard and made that connection possibly of Jesus being the one that was, you know, that sacrificial lamb that was going to be brought. He was the lamb of God, right? That's a great point, Miss Jen. And and what was the lamb? And I, honestly, I think, I don't think that the Jews were looking for their Messiah to be someone who we know, well, we know that they didn't see him as someone who was going to suffer. Right. They thought that the Messiah was just going to be a king and that was he was going to come on the scene, he was going to free them politically, mm-hmm. and they were going to be able to set up their kingdom. But like you said, what was the whole purpose of a lamb in the Old Testament system? Yeah, according it was for to that the Jews? sacrifice, right? To actually take away the sins, to to give that uh, that sanctification, that purification, right, of, yep. of what they had done wrong. So they were bringing that lamb to pay for what they had done yeah and we know because it says in other parts of the bible that all in goodness all of the things that went on in the scope of that system never actually took away sin Mm -hmm. but it was it covered their sin until the one who would actually take it away right which is which is jesus so i think when like you're at and that was a great point when he identifies jesus as the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world that's a big statement, and it's directly connected, once again, to Jesus' whole mission of coming, and that's to save us from our sins, to take our sin from us, mm-hmm. to, to take our place. But yeah, once again, in verse 30, he recognizes that he is the, he is the one who existed before me. Mm-hmm. And then you and I were talking about this just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. This is really cool, like you read in verse 30, that... Uh, I, this is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I before he, or, uh, never mind. I just read that. Verse 31, excuse me. <laughs> uh, what's interesting, and this is an important point, is that John is able to see Jesus in the same way that you and I are able to see Jesus now. Even though John saw him physically, John is only able to identify Jesus as the Messiah because the Spirit of God opens his eyes. Mm -hmm. Because like you said in verse 31, I didn't recognize him, Mm -hmm. but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified saying, I have have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. But then he explains in verse 33, like you said, I didn't recognize him, but the Lord told him more or less, whoever you see this happening to, that's the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting to me is that even though he was his cousin, Mm -hmm. even though he had grown up with him, and even though I'm sure he would have heard the stories, he is able to have that conviction that, yes, Jesus is the Messiah, 
and this is right at the beginning of his ministry, mm -hmm. because of the Spirit opening his eyes. The beginning of Jesus' ministry. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Thank the, you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. The end of the John's. beginning of Jesus' ministry. And that's really the con the point that we're that we're looking at today is that this is like John's ministry has been going on. Yep. He's been preparing the way of the Lord. And now this transition period is gonna happen in this transition time where John is gonna be phasing off mm -hmm. and Jesus is is coming in and is going to start his ministry. Mm -hmm. But once again, and remember guys, that that's the same way that anybody is able to see who Jesus is clearly. The only reason that I can believe is because God has given me new eyes that see Jesus in faith and I can recognize him for who he is. Mm -hmm. So I think really the main point of these first few verses, as you read over these, is what Miss Jen said, that John recognizes who Jesus is, and that's the Lamb of God who's going to take away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. And the only way he can do that is by the Spirit opening his eyes. And the importance of, the, of him being the Lamb is that he's taking away our sin. But that leads perfectly into our first question mm -hmm. that Miss Jen's going to read now. How does the Old Testament sacrificial system help us understand the penalty of sin and the necessity of Jesus' death. So I'm going to read it one more time. Um, how does the Old Testament sacrificial system help us to understand the penalty of sin and the necessity of Jesus' death? Moving on to the, the next section, guys. Flip over a couple of pages, or if you're using an electronic device, go to John chapter 3, <laughs> as I'm doing. John chapter 3, because this is going to go to another part. The first part, like I said, was just describing when John the Baptist saw Jesus and the Spirit opened his eyes to who he was as Messiah. And he made that great confession that there he is. He's the, it's the one who's going to take away our sin and take away the sin of the world. There's that part. And now we're going to go to a second part and kind of break this up into two different sections. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be... We're going to be talking about a dispute that some of John's disciples, because John had disciples as well before Jesus. There wasn't just Jesus that had disciples and people who followed him. Miss um, Jen's going to read here in just a second. There was a there were some of John's followers that were kind of arguing and disputing over something, and they were like, "Hey, wait a minute! Jesus has all of these followers, and it's almost like, do you think that?" That's right, that, that he's getting all of these followers. And what's really wonderful is that, as we're going to see in a second, once again, the Spirit gives John 20-20 vision as far as who Jesus is. But remember, guys, that when we can see who Jesus is clearly, then we can see who we are in light of that. And that's exactly what John is going to see here in just a moment. But the next section, section 2, is going to be John chapter 3 verses 25 through 30. And Miss Jen's going to read that right now. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is going to him. And John responded, No one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. 
You yourself can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase and I must decrease. So our section, our, our second section here, guys, begins with, once again, this discussion that some of John's disciples are having about purification. Well, and they're, they're discussing certain components, certain aspects of it. And then it springs into this question to John that really, Miss Jen, it looks like depending on if they're defensive, def depending on if they're envious, because we know that once the Lord started his ministry, tons of people right. were flocking to him because of the miracles that he was working, because of what he was preaching and what he was teaching. And so what I see in verse 26 of what you just read is, is a good bit of jealousy. Yeah. What do you see? Yeah. Not only jealousy, but I see pride. Yeah. Right? That that need to protect what we have. Yep. Right? Yeah. And, and I also don't, like, because what he's going to say is, yeah, that's happening, but that's completely right and proper and fitting because do you understand who this is? Mm-hmm. They don't understand, and, and this is important for us because once again, and I've repeated it a couple times already, but life makes the most sense, guys, when I understand who I am in relation to who God is and who He is. Mm -hmm. It's just like Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah the prophet was caught up in this vision to see the throne room of God. He saw God in all of His holiness and all of His beauty and all of His majesty, and he was floored. And what happened instantly, what, what was a reaction or what was a byproduct of, of him seeing God was that he instantly saw himself for who he was. And that was someone who was an unworthy sinner. Even though he was the prophet of Israel at that time, he saw God and it blew him away. Just like in, in the sense of you can see something or you can have an action and have multiple repercussions from that one action happening. When I see Jesus for who he is and the fact of it's not about me, mm -hmm. it's not about having as many people look at me as possible and see what I can do, even in a good sense of serving God and, and um, helping people. When I see that it's all about him, whether it's when we come to church corporately and we worship him together or we're in Sunday school or whether we're ministering to people, everything we do should not draw attention to us but should draw attention to Jesus. And with John the Baptist, he had been having this, just think about it, he had had this ministry, people were flocking out, people were coming to him, and now, just like with everybody, mm -hmm. we each have our time that the Lord gives us to minister, and then we pass the torch on. You know, Miss Jen, it just makes me think of all of the wonderful saints down through history mm -hmm. who have had the opportunity to serve God, and then their time comes mm -hmm. and the Lord takes them right. and they pass the torch on. Yep. It's like a pastor has said, when that time happens and when that time comes, God buries his messengers, mm -hmm. but his message continues. Yeah. And it's the same with John right here. They're, whether it's envy, whether it's jealousy, they're 
they're saying, wait a minute. Do you, I mean, it's almost the way that Rabbi, they're talking to John. He who is with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. <laughs> and I, I love what John's response is. Because like you read, he says, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. We know that all good gifts come from the Lord. Right. That includes spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. That includes anything that I'm able to do. Mm -hmm. God is in control. <coughs> Excuse me. And so John knew that if that's his place was in, as you just read in a second, in verse 28, he says, don't you remember? I said, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. But I was sent ahead to be an arrow pointing to him. And just like we've always said, everything in the Old Testament is meant to point to Jesus mm -hmm. as the reason for everything. We A number of months ago, we just went through another Christmas, which seems like it was 10 years ago because it we've does. been quarantined. <laughs> um, but we always see the the slogan uh, and people love to put it up Jesus is the reason for the season right. that's true but Jesus is the reason for everything right. he's the reason that all of us exist he's the reason that I breathe that I can think that I can talk that I can communicate everything that I am is supposed to bring glory and honor to him it's mm -hmm. not easy Miss Jen not. I'm a sinner yeah and I'm prideful and oftentimes, even when I'm trying to minister to other people, the enemy can slither in and can be like, boy, you know, look at you. You can, you have the privilege of speaking on the Lord's behalf. And if I'm not careful, even mm -hmm. something that's good, I can want people to look at me instead of, just like I've heard uh, another saying, we all want to be anonymous when we've done something bad. <laughs> it's just like the thing you see a couple, you see some kids playing baseball, they hit it and it goes through a window. What happens? They all scatter. <laughs> um, but nobody wants to be anonymous when they've done something good. In other words, it's really hard for me not to want to take the credit. Right. But like John here, who was the perfect example of humility, yeah. who realizes that, you know what? Anything that I receive spiritually in regards to a gift, I haven't earned. Mm -hmm. I'm only using and I've only been given them to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus. And once again, in verse 28, he just reminds them that I am not the, I'm not the Messiah. I'm mm -hmm. not the Christ. And then he says something really interesting that you read in verse mm -hmm. 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full mm -hmm. in a wedding context. Yep. He's the best man. Yep. He the Lord is the bridegroom, the bride are the is the are the is the church the one who who he lo whom he loves. And so John is saying, "You know what? I'm not the main guy. I sure I'm the best man. I'm I'm the friend of the bridegroom. I'm standing to the side, but I don't have the full joy uh, even though I'm thrilled about what's going on. The main one that you need to be looking to mm -hmm. is the bridegroom mm -hmm. is Christ. Right. And then verse 30, which we've all heard, this is a very famous verse. He must increase, but I must de decrease. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's saying that even though it is true in a spiritual sense that, you know, I must decrease and he must increase. I think he's also just in a real sense, sensing that he, he has fulfilled his ministry. Yes. 
He has done what he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. He has prepared the way of the Lord. He has done what was prophesied, going back to Isaiah. And you know what? My time Mm -hmm. is done. And now it's time for the Messiah to be uplifted, which is proper and right and good. But once again, guys, just look at the hard attitude of this is John the Baptist. And you see God and you see Paul who said, I am the least of the apostles. And everything we do, and you know what? It is hard. It's not difficult. It's something that you're gonna struggle with your whole life, just like I struggle with now, mm-hmm. is that even when we serve the Lord, my sin can creep to the surface so quickly, and I can want people to look at me. But as we look at this, let us try to plead with the Lord that he would let us have the attitude of John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. That when someone looks at us, we instantly should. Just like, and we're all masters of this, Miss Jen, we love to shift blame. (laughs) Sometimes, it wasn't me, it was Zoe. When someone says, wow, that's really wonderful, thank you. Well, you know what? All glory be to Christ. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's the one you should look to. He is the one who has done it all for us. But this brings us to the close of our second section, and the question for this is, what Miss Jen has. When you have found yourself, no, sorry. When have you found yourself to be most delighted in making more of Christ and less of yourself? And this is when you're probably going to have to really step back and think about for a few minutes. So I'm going to read it one more time. When when have you found yourself to be most delighted in making more of Christ? And less of yourself. So I'm, I'm looking forward to some answers on that on Monday night of thinking about how that has shown up in our middle school groups' lives and being able to say this is when I have truly delighted in what Christ has done through me, in me, um, outside of me, right, and and decreased in myself yeah i i expect a perfect 100 percent answer of you know what during this time of quarantine i've just had overwhelming joy (laughs) to give all of the uh, the attention to my siblings uh you know to just to just serve them in an unparalleled manner i I can't wait for that because i am absolutely positive (laughs) and sure that that's what's going to to be the case i know they're gonna have some good options i expect nothing less uh But let's go to our third section, guys, and that's going to close our the ch- uh, the chapter out in verse through in chapter three, beginning in verse thirty one. Miss Jen's going to read through the rest of the of the chapter for us, verses thirty one through thirty six. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies that what he has seen and heard, and yet no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For the one whom God sent speaks God's words, since he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. So our last section, guys, is really interesting. As I was reading a little bit about this, Miss Jen, um, some 
One thing I heard earlier this week that was really neat, a guy was talking on the Gospels mm-hmm. and why we can trust the Gospels as, as authentic and, and from the real guys. And one thing that he was saying was that in the original Greek, there were no quotation marks. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we've done to help us understand uh, the flow of Scripture and kind of how things mm-hmm. uh, unfold is the in our English translations, we've added quotation marks. Mm-hmm. But this is a perfect example where, depending on what Bible translation you have, the quotation marks will be in different places. Mm-hmm. I, I'm reading the new from the New American Standard, and the quotation marks in chapter 3 go all the way to the end. But I bet in yours, they stop at the end of verse 30, right? Yep, they do. Yeah. Some people think that John the, ba- John the Baptist was definitely speaking in verses 28, 29, and 30. Some people think he stopped speaking after verse 30. And then some commentators, and these are really, really good commentators, guys. Mm-hmm. These are really smart men who love the Lord. Some people, some commentators think that he spoke all the way to verse 36. Mm. I'll be honest. I think that he might have stopped at 30. Yeah. Because when, I, when you read verses 31 to 36, it sounds so much like how John wrote. How, yeah. So some people think that... Verses 31 through 36 is just a commentary that John kind of added mm-hmm. talking about the Lord because I, I see so much of like First John, mm-hmm. the language and like the terms that he used. Regardless, it's part of it's scripture. Yeah. And so the whole main point, once again, that goes with our lesson today is that Jesus is superior and I find my significance and you do in seeing who he is truly and how he relates to the world mm-hmm. but when what a couple things real quick just that miss jen read uh, that stick out to me is just uh going down to verse 35 that the father loves the son and has given all things into his hand remember guys that we've been looking through this jesus set the pattern for us when he got baptized when he was led up into the wilderness to be tempted and so many times, and, on, and all throughout the Gospels, Jesus said this over and over. I didn't come to do my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me, which is the pattern for you and for me. When I go out, I'm not doing anything of my own accord. I'm not doing anything of my will. And really, this is not my message. This is the message of the Gospel. This is the message that the Father gave the Son. The Son has given the church in the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim and the gospel isn't something that man came up with. It is God's gospel. What sticks out to you in this in these verses, Miss Jen? Anything particular? Because another one for me, just as he concludes, just think about it for a second, is when I'm talk when we say that this gospel isn't man's gospel, it's not something that we came up with. It's God's gospel. It talks about one day that those who do not obey the gospel in 2 Thessalonians, God will, when Jesus returns, take vengeance on. And this is a terrifying thought, guys. During this virus, during um, the days that we're living right now, people are terrified of death. Even when the virus isn't going on, people think about death, but I don't think as much as they are right now with what's going on. One day, each 
one of us will stand before God, whether it's through us dying or whether we're here when he comes back and we're caught up like it talks about in Thessalonians at his second coming and where we see him in the air. Um, we are all going to stand before him. But verse 36, as it kind of wraps this up, is that the Father has given all authority to the Son. And even le leading back up to the previous verses, the testimony that we have heard of him that he gave to us is absolutely true. And he spoke the words that he received from God. It's interesting. Look at verse 34, Miss Jen. You can see the Trinity in that verse, mm -hmm. all three members. Mm -hmm. For he, Jesus, whom God has sent, the mm -hmm. Father, mm -hmm. speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit yeah. without measure. Jesus had the Spirit completely on him the entire time. You see the full Trinity in that verse. But what, going back to what I was saying a minute ago is that our chapter wraps up, guys, with the fact that if we are a Christian, and going back to chapter 1, the, the main problem that you and I have that is at the heart of the gospel is my sin. And when John looks at Jesus and proclaims him that he's the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sin of the world, he's come to take away my penalty. That is the glorious gospel that he takes my sin and he gives me his righteousness. And like verse 36 says, as we finish up, he who believes in the Son has eternal life. When I trust Jesus as my Savior and Lord, and he takes my sin, and in faith I confess him as Lord, believing that he rose from the dead, like Paul said in Romans 10, I have eternal life. But if I do not do that, the rest of the verse says, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life. And this is a very, very scary last little part of the sentence. But the wrath of God abides or remains mm -hmm. on him. And goodness, even though we're living in uncertain days with the virus, we haven't seen anything yet, guys. Mm -hmm. We live in a day when we can get up and, and the sun is shining and we can experience wonderful good gifts from the Lord. Christ. But one day... <clears throat> we're all going to stand before him. This age of grace that we're living in isn't going to last forever. And so God has given his son to the world and said, if you want to come to me, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. There's only one way. Remember in John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so if you want to have eternal life, Jesus says, you come through me. But if you reject him, and sadly most people will, then God's wrath will be fully executed on them one day. And it's in a sobering fashion leads us into our final question yeah. that relates to that in this section. In a culture that thinks all religions are equally valid, how do you feel about the gospel's clear distinction between those who are in Christ and those who are not? Just one more time, I'm going to read that over again. In a culture that thinks all religion are equally valid, how do you feel about the gospel's clear distinction between those who are in Christ and those who are not? I really want you guys to think about that one. Um, is is definitely something that 
we'll be faced with as we walk through this life of people who see other religions and other um, beliefs as being valid and um, that that Jesus is no different than any others. Yeah, I mean, we come in contact all the time, Miss Jen, with with people who do believe Jesus is the way. But even today, you were talking with a friend who who is struggling with that. Yeah, yeah, and, today. And so it's very, very important to remember what Jesus said about himself, how we are to view Jesus, specifically, guys, like I, like I was mentioning and kind of wrapping this up for today, that life makes the most sense when we understand who God is, who Jesus is, and how we relate to him and how we relate to that truth. But I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer, and then we will be excited to see you on Monday night. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we can look at this truth and this reality about how John the Baptist had complete peace because you had given him that peace about you coming on the scene and your ministry taking the forefront. Lord, that's the same with all of us. Give us each a heart of humility that sees that everything that we do, whether when it's when we meet at church, whether it's telling someone about the gospel, Lord, it's not about us, but it's about pointing our arrow of uh, to you, Lord Jesus. Everything is about you so that we make much of you. Lord, we love you and we thank you that we could have this time and we look forward to Monday night. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much. We love you. Once again, we'll look for you on Monday night at 7 o'clock. Go ahead and log on like you did uh, before, maybe about five minutes early, so that we're ready to go at 7 o'clock, and uh, we'll get started. But I hope you guys have a wonderful Lord's Day, and we will see you Monday night. Take care.